Welcome to the In The Box Tour. We're here to blend the worlds of CrossFit and PT, so we're going from gym to gym and talking all things CrossFit. I'm Dr. Mesa Hanawi. And I'm Hannah Briel, and today we're here with Dr. Wes Hendricks, DC. If he's not doing handstands or weird stuff at the gym, you can find him answering Instagram questions in his backyard. We're not really sure what he does for a living, but we're here to find out. <laughs> Welcome, Wes. Well, I like that intro. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course. <laughs> so, I know this is a, maybe a little bit less applicable to you, but we start every podcast by asking the first question of the day, which is why CrossFit? All right. So why CrossFit? That's a good question. I like it. And not even specifically for me, but I would just say for everyone in general, because the whole like concept behind CrossFit, constantly varied functional movement. Um, you know, and functional movement is a very ambiguous term, so I'm not even going to like address that, but constantly varied. I mean, are handstands functional? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Unless you want like to increase Instagram following. Are overhead really not... squats not functional? Once again, debatable. <laughs> but, but so constantly varied. That's the thing that I'm looking for here with patients because the, the majority of injuries, in my opinion, are going to happen from overuse and doing the same thing over and over again. So... When I started CrossFit, probably like 12 years ago, <laughs> wow. that was way so that was way more constantly varied. Now, I think it's lost a lot of its. Um, hmm. What's the word I'm looking for? It's just focused way too much on heavy weights now, so it's not even constantly varied. But constantly varied was when I started it, so I really like that because we're doing different things on a regular basis, preventing doing the same thing over and over again, which really at the end of the day, I think this is what's gonna cause injury. Not even necessarily quote unquote bad movement or incorrect movement, but just doing the same shit over and over again. So that's why I really like CrossFit because it just takes so many different elements and it takes people out of their comfort zones on a regular basis. So specifically, what was the difference between old CrossFit and new CrossFit? You it, said something it, about heavy movements. Yeah, yeah. so it wasn't, it wasn't a sport back then. Now it now it's a sport. Um, that's true. So sports is where we get overuse injury, whether it's you know exercising, ice skating, ice you know, skating, <laughs> I mean, yeah, hockey, yeah. soccer. You know you're doing the same thing over and over again. Um, that's where and when we start to specialize more or less, that's when injuries can occur, as opposed to being constantly varied. Now it's very focused heavily on. I think there's a huge um, push on heavier weights, more barbells on a regular basis. So when CrossFit does get creative every now and then and takes that barbell out, people are like, it's what? It's a shit show. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> what are we doing? it's a disaster. <laughs> and, those, and those people with those big Instagram followings that are amazing on barbells get crushed. Um, so yeah, it's just become too sports specific and it's been too driven by that. Um, it seems like maybe they're starting to take in a different direction, which I like better. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of my thing against it. So... <clears throat> You did do CrossFit competitively as a sport for a while. <laughs> I did, yeah. To throw that uh -huh. out there. So Absolutely. can you just tell us kind of a little bit about your CrossFit background, like how you found it, how you became competitive, and then how you're here now where you're like, I don't do CrossFit, I yeah. do handstands. I do handstands <laughs> in my backyard. Yeah. I don't know if it's a yard. It's more like a patio. Well, now that I've seen it like live and, and real, yeah, it's not. But like, yeah, but it's that's... like a patio with a barbecue and a rig. But yeah, knowing, but I thought it was closed I'm off. A cold tub out there to so. all your neighbors, but like all your neighbors can hear you and see you at all. Oh, people times. walk by while I'm like, I have like while you're answering questions on I'm Instagram. I'm answering questions. I'm doing handstand push-ups off the side of there. <laughs> Like the the pad the steps over there, like I've had a neighbor walk right by me while I was doing handstand push-ups off the side. Hey, of, good morning, yeah. how are you? <laughs> yeah. Who exactly. doesn't work? Like it's yeah, like what is he doing? Eleven o'clock on a Tuesday. Um, what was the question there again? CrossFit background. Oh, okay. Um, so I probably found CrossFit two thousand nine, I'm gonna say. In Boston. Um, I was living in New Hampshire at the time. Okay. I was finishing undergrad and I'd always done stuff that was like CrossFit even you know five six years prior to that but then CrossFit just kind of put it all together packaged it called it something nice um, and maybe there was a little more I guess we could say structure to it um, so I'd always been doing that esque stuff more or less but found CrossFit 2009 um, shortly after that they had their first regionals where anyone could sign up you could just Anyone could sign yeah. up? Well, actually, the year before that, they just did the CrossFit Games, and anyone could sign up for the CrossFit Games. That's when wow. Andy Thorsetter came and, like, got a muscle up at the ranch or whatever, right? I don't... I think that might have been the next uh, year. Okay. Um, it's but, only been 10 years? 
Uh, 12 now. Maybe 12. It was okay. 2008, maybe the first one, maybe okay. 2007. But the, the first year, wow. anyone could sign up for the games. Yeah. And That's I crazy. Saw, I saw that, and I was like, you know, I'm still new into this. I'm going to do it next year. Then next year, like, it was such a big thing. They did this thing called regionals, where anyone could sign up for regionals. And <laughs> anyone could sign up for regionals. And, yeah, signed up for regionals, went to regionals. Um, Were you good? I don't know. know. Like, didn't it was, you make regionals at one point too? When yes. You, okay. We'll get there in the timeline. Okay. You were um, just like a volunteer. Like, yeah. You're saying I made regionals, and he just signed up for it. Wait, I got you a part. Really it was like rec soccer. <laughs> yeah. Um, like so went, went to this regionals where anyone could sign up. That became pretty big. So then the next year they did this thing called sectionals, where it was a competition before regionals. So each. Um, Part of the country had their own sectional, very similar to what the Open is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then each sectional took maybe the top 20 people, went to regionals. Um, so did sectionals, qualified for regionals, went back to regionals again. And then the following... And fo- you weighed what at this time? I just need oh, for like reference. 135 pounds, yeah, maybe. Yeah, he was little. <laughs> um, then the next year... Can you imagine a guy that small making regionals now? That would never... No. The games now. No, absolutely never. not. I don't think a female would even make it now. <laughs> no, that's like my goal weight. <laughs> So, <laughs> I, would, I would love to weigh that much. <laughs> um, so then the next year, they finally did the Open. And so now we're maybe 2012, I'm going to say. And I could be like off here, plus or minus a year. Um, they did the Open the next year. Um, and that actually threw me off. I didn't like this, like doing workouts on like... Earning it? Well, like... Instead of signing up? Kind of, more or less. <laughs> um, it, it was the... Um, the, the online thing where everyone could do it as many times as they want and gamed it. I'm not good at that. I like, like... One and done. One and done. I'm, I actually do relatively well under pressure um, or, like, in a competition scenario. Mm-hmm. So it was a weird thing. Then 2013 was the last year I think I did the Open, and I qualified for the Northwest Regionals that year. I took 19th in Oregon. Once again, Oregon's maybe a little less competitive. How did you end up in Oregon? I thought we started this and we did, but we did. I didn't. I I was only going through my CrossFit. Oh wow! History. I wasn't going to go through my schooling history. Yeah, that'd been another thing. So 2013 qualified for regionals. Um, I was in chiropractic school at the time, and I was training so much I was basically failing out of chiropractic school. Um, And regionals started on Friday back then, so it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I think I had to leave. I probably would have left like Wednesday, and we had an exam mm-hmm. on Friday. My teacher's like, you can't leave. And in chiropractic school, all you have is a midterm and a final. Oh, uh-oh. And this was the midterm. He's like, you're not going to get to retake it for an exercise competition. <laughs> so I feel like nowadays they'd be like, yes, go exercise. Well, now everyone knows. This was the first year Reebok was sponsoring it, too. Mm-hmm. So it was I didn't really st- know what it was. Yeah, so no one knew what it was, per se. Um, wow. So didn't get to go, and then kind of there. It just so you didn't go. No, didn't get to go to regionals that year. And I thought you were was... gonna say you failed that class. <laughs> I thought that's where that was he going. Made it to the games, but he yeah. Failed. <laughs> in in retrospect, you know, it's probably based on where I am at right now. It's probably a good thing I didn't fail out of chiropractic school, or you know. Yeah. So segue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're a chiropractor that notoriously does not talk well of chiropractors. <laughs> So, can you tell me a little bit about this? Um, I don't know. So, like, why do you want to be a chiropractor? How did that start? Um, you know, I just went to chiropractors all my life growing up. You know, it just seemed like a, a cool profession. Why, so, like, your parents? Yeah. Yeah, my parents just always went to chiropractors for, for whatever what? reason. Just, like, my dad plays competitive golf, so, like, he would just always go to the chiropractor to get... get adjusted. Yeah, get adjusted, get realigned. It oh, feels God. good. Realigned in quotations. Yeah, in quotations. Yeah. Okay. You know, so I always went to a chiropractor, and, like... You know, I always wanted to work with people, be a trainer, be a coach or something. And like a chiropractor, you know, at the time just seemed like kind of the next step above where it's like I understand the body, you know, I understand exercise movement, but I know a little more than a trainer. Um, You know, in retrospect, you know, maybe like physical therapy would have been a, a more <laughs> wow um, say more, it louder for the you know, back. I'm so glad we have based that. upon how I quote unquote even practice, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. They're just titles and I can do whatever you know, I want, you know, good point. That's physical really... therapist, chiropractor, you know, um, everyone always asks me what the difference is. There's really not like, yes, there is different spaces upon your specialty where you go to school. But at the end of the day, you know, once you have that degree, that license, however you want to pursue it, 
you know, the continuing education you want to like go on. Like I've had patients in Boston, they didn't even know I was a chiropractor. Like they got their Blue Cross Blue Shield bill and they were like, it says chiropractic on here. I like, thought you were a dentist. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought so, you were a surgeon. Yeah. Like, what do they think that you are then? Just a trainer. They think I'm a physical therapist most of the time because, like, there's once again like this uh, pre like this misconception that like, you know, exercise, PT, you know, cracking bones, chiropractor, where it's not so much black and white like that. There's shades of gray. But is that a misconception for the most part, or isn't that kind of more realistic to like what? Oh, I, like no, you're, you're more or less correct. Yeah, it's, I don't want to say a misconception. Uh, what, uh, I don't know what a better way to say that is. Just, it's probably pretty That's accurate. generally what happens. Yeah, it's so generally happened. Yeah. what do you think, I mean, you think there is no, not really a difference, but most people think there's a difference. Yeah. Most people that practice PT versus being a chiropractor, yeah. what do you think is the difference? Oh, man, I don't know. People just like to put themselves in boxes. They like to categorize themselves. You know, I'm a chiropractor that adjusts. I'm a physical therapist that does functional exercise. You know, I'm just a, a person trying to help people. And what, and whatever the best thing is for that person at the time, that's what I'm going to do. Like, there's a lot of tools in my toolbox. You know, just cracking everyone's back, it's stupid. Just doing exercise with everyone is just as equally as stupid. Um, you know, it's whatever the person is in front of me, you know, I have to kind of assess the situation intelligently and figure out the best course of action. And sometimes that person may not even be the best course of action for me or our personalities may not fit together. So I'm not going to fix everyone either. And then you'll send them to me. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And she will fix everyone. But, um... Okay, wait, question. So this is potentially incorrect, but Mm -hmm. I feel like... So I get asked all the time, I'm sure you get asked, like, what is your thoughts on chiropractors? What are your thoughts on PTs? Because we're supposed to hate each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, Even though we don't. Yeah. But... I feel like from talking to a lot of chiropractors, they tend to operate on the premise of like having patients return to them on a regular basis yeah, yeah. to provide relief. Yeah. So like I think that one of the bigger differences for from what I what I think from talking to people is that like PTs want patients to have like independent control yeah. over their pain. Yeah. While chiropractors often will sell like six month packages. Or a year like, package. A year package, which is yeah. I think like kind of arbitrary in yeah, my mind. Absolutely. Like is that something that you learn in chiropractic school? Is that like because I know you have some the stork theory which yeah. I want to get into yeah, a little bit. But is that like a, a kinda I know that chiropractors do a lot more business and that stuff in school. Like do you are you so taught I learned, that premise? I learned where I went to school, I learned nothing of that. <laughs> None of that. Um, yeah, that wasn't a thing in school, um, at least my schooling, but there's multiple different chiropractic schools throughout the country that all are probably taught a little differently, you know, and their, um, their education may be directed or influenced a lot by multiple different factors. So that wasn't a thing we were taught in school. You know? I think it's like the same thing as a lot of PT students think, oh, you should be seeing someone twice a week or every week or every other week. Or And then when you go on clinicals, you see that, well, this physical therapist sees someone once a month versus this one sees them three times a week. Like, it's just kind of what you learn throughout school and, like, with your experience, like you said. Where does this whole, like, cracking backs thing come from? Like, why... Can we do the, the store theory, right? Let's yeah. do... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, why do... Well, first of all, I'll start with another question. Why do chiropractors get a bad rep? Oh, man. That, well, they get a bad rep for probably a lot of reasons. <laughs> I don't know where to start on that one. Um, but I do think it is, like, chiropractors more than PTs have a bad rep. Yeah, I would I would say that based upon just, like... um. At least... Well, to us, though, because... Because we're PTs, yes, we're biased. But but a lot of people, you know, they'll be like, well, I have back pain, so I went to the chiropractor, and, like, I get my neck adjusted twice a week for a year, and I feel better. And I'm like, what? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what are your thoughts on adjusting? That was a lot. Go for it. Yeah, it was. I don't even know where to start on that. I I didn't really know where to start either. There's just a lot to unpack here. Um, So where does cracking backs come from because I think that's where we started yeah so that, that I don't know that's like a history lesson like somebody <laughs> <In> 1776 <laughs> like somebody with the last name Palmer I don't even know um, oh my gosh. cracked someone's neck it back in like better. the early 1900s maybe even before that and I think the person was deaf and then he could apparently oh my hear God. Okay. No. let me rephrase yes, where, <laughs> is the, where does the belief come from that me twisting your back a certain way yep realigns your spine um i think it's 
like who made that up so and I, why I think are that was still my, my history lesson you I don't just... believe that correct no okay no. so what do you believe about like what justice. do we believe like what we're doing when we hear that pop yeah and like about manipulations and just like your opinion and thoughts and so all of we, it. I think we can all agree at this point in time based on the the current literature and research we're not moving bones we're not putting things back into place well we us we three know that, agree that, yeah. on that but, but we're in PT school and we're students well and we're I, like, I can tell you the literature like yeah, okay, sit, but like sit, this sit, person, so I'm, I'm comfortable with that. In like the middle of nowhere in South Carolina, like isn't in the literature. Like yeah. they're not in healthcare. People still don't. But yeah. I've spoken to chiropractors like in the last year that yeah. have said that they can realign my spine. Yeah, yeah. So like if so, first of all, like if something is out of place, that's called a dislocation. You're gonna want to go to the hospital. Yeah, for like that. that's super not to, painful. Not, not to your chiropractor. So so let, let's address that first of all, and then second of all, like even this like. This, um, this idea of putting things back into place or aligning your spine, or if we were to take an x-ray and put you into a cookie cutter, you know, your yes. spine needs to be three millimeters this way, two millimeters like that. That's, that's going off the basis that there's a perfect anatomy, perfect posture, perfect position, where based upon everyone's like limb length, anatomy, heights, like look mm. at Mesa's legs to my torso, <laughs> to Hannah's arms, like everyone's different, which, so there's no like one perfect position. So then to, to try to sell this cookie cutter position is just more or less kind of scare tactics to me and we're we're making people scared to rely on us. Um, it was like the 20, I heard, you know that uh, that genetic testing 23andMe or whatever? Mm -hmm. I heard a commercial for it last night where it was like, you wanna get this done so then you can bring the results to your doctor in case <laughs> you've got some life-threatening genetic disease. I was like, they're using scare tactics. <laughs> But, but it, all point. it is really is scared because then it's like, if your and spine you is off, then you need me yep. to and if put your it spine, back in place. If your spine is off three millimeters, this could result in arthritis later down the road. Everything could result and in arthritis. You're going to get arthritis fucking no matter what. Everyone, like it's, it's inevitable. To this whole, like, this is completely different, yep, yep. but like the diagnosis of arthritis not a makes me so angry. Like, well, it's I have like arthritis. Well, that's you're like dying. being like, you're going to be older. Of course oh, I'm going to be yeah, older. Like things get, that's like being like, the doctor told me I have wrinkles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my God, you have, I have them too. I only have them in my right knee. Yeah. Well, I have them in my whole body. <laughs> I like that analogy. Um, but the whole like three millimeters thing or whatever, like where does that come from? You know, like where did we find this perfect spine and so that we decide to tell everyone if you don't have this spine like I think they take just before and after x-rays and i'm like what if you were just like leaning a little yeah. bit to the left no, that day no 100 percent and or people are like, well, they showed me like my spine is off oh and oh on that thing that like chiropractors apparently make people stand on scales <gasps> two scales your left and right yeah. do they what not understand that? that you can put more weight on one leg <laughs> oh. than the other yeah. What is your thoughts on that? One of my friends, like... It's just another gimmick, in my opinion. Oh, man, I'm going to get so much hate mail. I'm going to get I don't understand how this could be. I'm going like, to lose my you, license for this. If you fully think through it, though, it's like a wee balance board. Like, if you stand... Like, picture both sides are scales. Yeah, yeah. If I lean to the left, more weight is going to be on the if left. I stand sassy, if I stand sassy, I'm thinking... But, but furthermore, like... Even if you are putting weight on one side more than the other, like naturally, why does it matter? Like we're just going down the rabbit hole again of, you know, you put one more weight on the one side, you're going to be rotated more to the left side. You know, you're going to have more predisposition to knee pain, back pain. Like nobody can make that decision. Yeah. If, if I could make that guess when someone's going to get hurt, I would actually like be practicing and my schedule would be full because I would know when people are going to get hurt. I'd be like, hey, Mesa, next Wednesday, you're gonna your knee's going to give out, Hannah, your back's going to go out well of alignment. Might as well just not go outside that day. Yeah. I Don't. will say, this isn't a thing that's isolated to chiropractors. It's definitely a thing amongst PTs, too. I feel like we're hating a little hard. But just there like is, the idea in general. We're making fun yeah, of me right I now. Mean, it's okay. <laughs> not making fun of you. I mean, there's PTs that do it, too. That like, I think sometimes we'll have, like, you know, we like, let's do glides to your hip because your pelvis is on the line, all these things, and like antiverter, retro, and all these things that don't functionally really matter that yeah. much. Um, can you talk about your stork theory, please? What is the stork theory? So the stork Anna theory is, so I, I don't want to say I came up with it, but when I did a, a podcast with Eve, um, he basically just asked me, like, um, I don't know what he asked me exactly. It was like, the, the explanation of bones going out of place or the popping, you know, we're putting things back into place. 
that's like what's explained to patients most of the time, which I would like to think is, you know, most chiropractors aren't like, they understand that's not what they're doing. And it's more or less called the stork theory because if you have children, children ask you where uh, mm. babies come from, you stay the stork, mainly because partially as like an adult, you don't really understand like the intricacies of like, yes. Where we do babies come from? Yes, like we know like how to make babies and we know nine months later, the birthing process happens. But like all those things you learned in school, like that you probably forgot on like, all of the different stages like you're not going to explain to a child you know so you give some like very simplistic magical explanation <laughs> that they're okay with and they're like oh great perfect the stork just like you know a patient like it's much easier to be like what what just happened why does my back feel better when i heard that pop oh because i put it back in place mm. conversation done we can move on to the next so topic it's like telling someone that the tooth fairy or santa claus exists Exactly. Telling someone that your back is being put into place or that your hips are out of line, yeah. I want people to make sure they listen to this, is the same thing as telling your kid that Santa Claus exists. Like, it's <laughs> yes. not real. It's completely made up because you don't feel like explaining what's actually happening. There's no logic to it at all. This, this is my opinion. <laughs> I, I don't know how many other chiropractors feel this way. Maybe, like, two. <laughs> I just don't understand, like, logically, when you break something or when you put something, whatever, when you get dislocated. But like, I think it is, like, also, we're on the minority, I feel like. And sometimes it is easier. I will say, like, giving the explanations we do and talking about pain science and talking about your body being resilient is, like, much harder for patients to grasp. No. So then saying yeah. what they think, like oh, I just popped your backpack into place. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's an easier thing for them to understand, which I think, like, is often just an easier route for yeah, them and it, and it to take. But, like, also, like, as long as I don't believe that's what I'm doing and I don't believe, like, <laughs> I'm fixing them, but, they, like, but they're feeling better, you know, I'm okay with that. But then the problem we run into is when I think I'm putting something back into place, I think they need me, and they're 100% relying on me. Now we've turned this stork theory into more of a cult thing. <laughs> Hmm. Oh. I would argue that either way is da is dangerous to the patient because if even if I know that Santa Claus is not real and yeah. my kid thinks that Santa Claus is real, like eventually they're gonna someone's gonna try to tell them that oh your body's resilient, like your body can adapt, yeah. your body's not breakable, and they're not gonna believe, and they're not gonna believe you, and they're gonna be scared mm -hmm. to do anything because someone told them that with their the sheer force of moving their hands quickly, they essentially broke their back. They yep. moved their bones. Also, we're not specific either. Like, exactly. Like, oh, well, it's actually like a little bit lower. I'm like, I don't really care where I put my hands because it's not going to matter. Yeah. Yeah. They, like, which is probably a cursory approach to manual therapy, which I should get better at. But it's because of these opinions. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole other conversation. Okay, wait, I got to backtrack a little yeah, bit. Sure. Let's so backtrack. we talked about how you didn't go to regionals because of chiropractic school. Yes. Wait, so what do you believe is the popping noise? Oh, what is sorry. it? Sorry, we're... Segway, go. Segway. Oh, well, so they actually... I don't know what the specifics are, but, like, the... Uh, there's spaces in between the joints and... Gas bubbles. Yeah, it's a gas bubble. It's like, I just... I relate it to, like, opening a can of soda. The pop is just, like, pressure release, more or less. Um, like, Google it, Wikipedia, whatever. There's a... If you want a detailed explanation. But that's what's happening. So why it's does it feel good? Idea, I think if like I fall and like scrape my knee, and then you rub my arm, it's gonna distract me from my knee. It's the just gate like control the, theory. Yeah, CNS. Yeah. Like you're putting a different stimulus yeah. into well, your brain. So like maybe that, maybe the the popping since it is pressure, maybe there is something there that we're releasing pressure, so it feels better for a little while. No different than if you fart or something, you oh know? Oh my God, that's, well. It feels better. Letting some gas out, it's yeah. a relief. More, more or less, so there's that theory. There's also, like, we have the notion, you know, we hear that audible pop, mm -hmm. so then we associate it with positive emotions. Our brain so, likes it. Yeah, so that could Same be a times. thing. Yeah, that could be a reason why. Um, you know, like, I'm once again, I'm not downplaying the adjustment because it definitely helps people, it makes them feel better, so like, Use whatever means necessary to making people feel better. Um, just don't use that all the time and know that there's other things to do. Um, and it's not as appropriate. My thing is like whenever people ask about another like chiropractors or other PTs, I always say that as long as they're giving you something to do outside of your session, I'm okay with it. That you should always be like weary of someone who mm -hmm. treats you and doesn't give you anything to do outside because you're seeing them for an hour and what about the other like 
You're seeing a, who sees a chiropractor for an hour. Okay. You're seeing There's a lot of backcracking right there. 15. <laughs> That's even All right, what is it, Wes? I don't even know. I think like seven <laughs> minutes. Really? <laughs> yes. Awesome. Except for you, but you're not really a chiropractor, right? But like right? <laughs> the rest of the day or the week, like you have to be doing something else on your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so if you're I not moving towards the goal of independence and being able to relieve your own pain, well, then what's the point? Also, the thought process that like in this seven minutes, 15 minutes you spend with your chiropractor, Let's say three times a week if you got scammed into going three times a week. You know, we're at twenty we're at twenty-one minutes. We'll say twenty-one to forty-five minutes for the span of a week. What are the odds we're actually going to make change in that amount of time? You guys work out, you know, an hour and a half a day, two hours a day, five three days hours. a week. You know, four hours, five hours to cause when Owen's programming seven hours. He's like, it should like, take an hour. I'm like, oh, the, the, I'm still doing like, it three hours later. Like in no nowhere in the literature has it shown that one force applied to the body or one stressor applied to the body for a single thing, like an adjustment lasting half of a second, you know, three times a week. Can create a long Yeah, can create a long lasting change. You know, think about all the reps, sets time that you have to even have put into the body to cause minimal amount of change so to, to really think i'm going to break up scar tissue move mm. bones cause someone's posture to change which why do i even want to cause their posture to change um you know is kind of ridiculous i don't know i can't I used to have a crossword word. of like how long does it take you to pr your back squat yeah, yeah. if you wanted to add five pounds to your back mm. squat how, how long, long would it take? take yeah Put that in the same context of rehab. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to make you better by dry... I do dry needle, but I'm not going to make you better by dry needling you for 10 minutes. Yeah. Well, and I'm the fact you... that you have to go back Monday, Wednesday, Friday to get a, an adjustment, and that's the only thing that makes you feel better, should demonstrate the fact that, like, it's not the long-term solution. Yeah. If you yeah. have to keep going back yeah. every and other I, day. That's the thing. I have no problem with adjustments or manual therapy as long as you're letting your patient know that that is a temporary relief for them to go do a thing or an exercise that creates a long-lasting yeah. effect. So you said something about posture. Yeah. And, like, people still – like, sometimes I catch myself being like, oh, well, it's because of your, your posture. And, like, I'm not really sure why we say that, but I'm also still not really sure why it's not that. Like, I get the whole, like, the only bad posture is the one that you spend too much time in and, like, yeah. all that jazz and, and that just because I stand a certain way, like, doesn't mean that I'm predisposed to pain. But where did the notion come from that posture – does predict pain and vice versa that it's like doesn't have anything to do with it somebody just one day probably decided oh like i'm gonna pick on posture it seems like a good thing you know it's i, I don't know where it came from a news headline that was 1777 some... <laughs> that was after the whole back you know, <laughs> i don't know somebody probably came up with this like oh shit i can make a lot of money off selling bad posture or oh fixing God. bad posture you know it's it probably everything always comes from how can I monetize this or benefit from this? So do you think there's no such thing as posture? No, not really. So uh, there is no such thing? Well, like, is posture a thing? Like, are we I asking... Like, what do you think about <laughs> posture? What are your beliefs on posture? Like, I, I'm not going to spend time fixing a patient's posture because there's... First of all, there's they've proved here there's no evidence that, like, posture is linked to pain, first of all. Um, and second of all, that's once again this perfect this idea of perfect posture. We're putting somebody into a cookie cutter position, assuming you know their spine is this long, their limbs are this long, the ratio is this. Um, really, like I know you kind of joke like the the only bad posture, the ones you're in all the time or whatever. It's just it just comes down to doing the same thing over and over again. It's like that constantly varied thing. Just move around as much as you can. You're you're staying static, and so I think they just kind of harped on this posture thing because. Everyone's stuck in this same crappy posture sitting at a desk all day. So uh, for those of you that don't know, me and Wes work at the same gym a lot of days of the week. And frequently, my thoracic extension, or my mid-back, could be. does not could does not be. <laughs> So Wes will come and prod my back on a frequent basis, aggressively, <laughs> with scapula. the intent to, like, thoracic I, extension. I guess, stand up straighter for like the common... Or yep. so maybe I do so, promote posture so, more <laughs> yeah what is your thought like I don't have great thoracic extension I am very rounded and yeah. forward and you always want me to fix that is that not fixing my posture it's a good question I just like get harassing you on a regular basis <laughs> well I think it's fixing your mobility like your ability even if you stick like you are statically like this most of the time like to be able to not be in that posture yeah. so that you can do an overhead squat for example yeah, which snatch. you struggle with or uh, pull up 
I have great pulse. Thank you very much. Yeah. One where you're using more of your upper back. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> All right. So wait, I want to backtrack. Yeah, yeah. We keep getting so so much. There's just so many things it. to talk about. Okay, so you didn't go to. Actually, two things. Let's stick to this topic first. Okay. So you went to chiropractic school. You learned all these stored theories or whatever. And then when you graduated, was it all of a sudden like you already knew all these things? Or did you ever practice like, like in quotes, traditional chiropractor's practice? Or like how did you make that segue into like this is not exactly – because you don't really – Yeah, how did you learn all this? All. Yeah, so yeah. like where was that? So I think kind of what we were talking about earlier, like, you know, PTs, like – you kind of start basing how many times you're supposed to see a patient based on like who you work with, who you're influenced with. And I was just really lucky to kind of be influenced by some people that were also forward thinking or thought kind of outside the box, or maybe a little different. And it originally started in chiropractic school when I had this um, had this injury that nobody could fix. Um, oh, you're one of those. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, and I went to like five seven chiropractors. Yeah, five chiropractors, a couple of physical therapists, acupuncturists, ND. Um, it really just came down to like you could call it whatever you want to call it but it just came down to you know the chiropractor that quote unquote fixed it that I went to him once he was just like you're overextended hyperextending in your TL junction um, think about like how anyone like overextends in their mid to lower back and I was getting like I wish I don't have any extension but right, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm like a lot of like no, females that are like super um, we say like the D like, shape when yes, they're like, like this. Yeah. yeah like kind of making up or just overextending due to the um, this notion that you have to be like overextended all the time you know I was just trying to overextend too much and it was causing this weird leg pain this deep dull achy leg pain on a regular basis um, and it was starting to affect squatting deadlifting maybe did anyone ever look at your movement so this this chiropractor that I went to that kind of started all this you know watch me overhead squat watch me deadlift and then was just like, you're way too overextended. Start doing dead bugs. And literally within like two days, this problem that had persisted for like 12 months just went away. Um, and so it <laughs> was just like, and then, then it was like a cue. It yeah, was just he, like, didn't, he didn't adjust me. He spent an hour with me. He did a very thorough exam. Um, you know, out of everyone I went to, he was the only person that took my reflexes and did like a thorough neurological exam. And when I asked if I need to come back, he told me no. <laughs> he said, you're fine. You don't you're need to come. You're going to be okay. Yeah, so he's like. Was that like a moment where you're like, this is what I want to treat? Like? Well, I was just like, holy shit. Like, what just happened? Like, I've <laughs> been seeing other chiropractors getting my IT band grasped in for months, you know, doing hours Your of these, band. like, these banded exercises, you know. Um, and then this guy within an hour, quote unquote, fixed me. And then I didn't need to come back. I was fine. I was just like, oh, Wow. Because like I, I was it at was this point, kind of, because I was at this point where like a lot of patients are at where they have this like sense of like impeding, doing, like I'm like, never going to get, fixable. I'm not fixable, I'm, I'm never going to get better, how am I going to live with this for the rest of my life kind of thing. Um, so he kind of started me down this, you know, there's a different way to practice, you know, I don't have to do it one way. Um, so it started there, um, shadowed him a bunch, you know, he started to point me in directions of maybe more unique continuing education um which was still even you know eight years ago way different than it is now um and then from there i did a clinical externship at a hospital which is probably a little different for most chiropractors yeah i didn't even know chiropractors were in hospitals (laughs) where we saw primarily uh disc herniation patients so i got a lot of experience with disc herniations um, and all the different ways you can treat them um you know got pretty confident and maybe more traditional um, treatment, you know, review of MRIs, you know, working with other uh, healthcare providers other than just chiropractors, you know, because you don't want to sound dumb to these surgeons. Uh, um, And then from there, started practicing in a uh, practice in a CrossFit gym in Boston that um, the chiropractor employed a couple physical therapists, a couple chiropractors, but I was, well, I did work for him. I was an independent contractor. So like I only got paid for what I saw more or less. So I could practice however I wanted, you know, so I wasn't being in, he, he wanted to give me, whether it was just cause he was a bad boss and lazy. Um, I don't want to call him a bad boss, <laughs> maybe a bad. Mm, I'm going to eat your words. Yeah. I, he probably won't <laughs> listen to this anyway. No, so I don't think fine. he will. Um, he, he just gave me freedom to do whatever I wanted. So I just 
continued to practice the way I was practicing. You know, he was never like, you need to spend seven minutes with the patient, adjust mm-hmm. them, get yeah. them out the door. Um, so, you know, I continued to do things the way I wanted to do it. Um, so I never really had anybody influencing me at once, you know, I started practicing. So you think it was really that one experience that you had with that? Yeah, 100%. Like good practitioner that yeah. led you to... So it was like that one thing that happened, like your whatever quote unquote injury, like yeah, led yeah. you to practice the way that you practice yeah. because no one ever told you like, we have to do it this way. Like you can't do that. That's yeah. not what we do. I think that's pretty powerful. Like if you come in contact with like one good experience, like one mm-hmm. good mentor yeah. that can completely change the way that you approach things. Yeah. I think that's so interesting because so Hannah's still in PT school. She's in her third year now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So when I was in PT school, like you have a ton of people in your class who do CrossFit. A good was, amount. That's grown, yeah. yeah. So like You're I welcome. was two, two years ahead of you and I was the only person in my class who CrossFitted and I got a lot of shit for it, mm-hmm. basically. Professors would make fun of me. Yeah, yeah. Students would make fun of me, all this stuff. And I started CrossFitting in P, like at the very beginning of PT school. So I kind of like drank the Kool-Aid while I was learning all the PT things. And I remember at the beginning, I definitely CrossFit exposed me to this side of PT and chiropractic, whatever. But at the beginning, like professors would professors would say things or we would spend like six months doing like back mobilizations and I'd like in the back of my mind be like this doesn't seem right but I was like but a professor's saying it so it must be right but I always had this skepticism I went on rotations and I was like this is how people are practicing this must be right then I was seeing like CrossFit and like all these other things and then my last rotation was with Eve and made to move and I was like oh my gosh there's this whole world out there of people who think the way I do and like confirm all my skepticism but I think like a lot of people might have that and then never get exposed Confirmed, and just assume yeah. like you are super, I think, lucky that you've been exposed to all these people. Yeah, for sure. So like a couple maybe like a couple months ago, I treated one of my classmates. She came to see me as for neck pain. Mm-hmm. And the way I treated her, she was like, I never like everything I did, she's like, Where did you learn this? Because we never learned this in PT school. And I didn't know the answer. I was like, Well, this exercise is from Wes and this exercise <laughs> is from Mobility Wad and yeah. this exercise is from my CrossFit coach. And like I was like, I don't know. I think I just like took not maybe not intentionally, but was like exposed to people like you and like Eve and like and like do you think that's a thing that you would recommend for students? Or like how do you what would be your like advice? Because we're just lucky enough to like have maybe accidentally been exposed to those things, but yeah, that's yeah. not the case if you don't yeah. CrossFit. Like, what yeah. would you say to students? I'd say just try to expose yourself to as many different styles of practicing as possible because if you think you want to practice one way, like, any time in my life, any time <laughs> in my life when I've started on a path and I've been like, this is how I'm going to do it, I kid you not, it turns into the complete opposite. <laughs> like, when I started chiropractic school, I was like, why am I learning about disc herniations? I just want to treat athletes mm-hmm. uh, disc herniations like this is stupid i'm not going to treat a disc herniation by the end of chiropractic school and when i started practicing even now the only thing i really want to see nowadays are people with disc herniations <laughs> like it's my favorite thing to I treat love them yes i love them it is amazing um so and, and it, was just, it was just like anytime i've started with this preconceived notion of like this is what i'm going to do by the end of it i'm a full 180 and i don't know why that I feel is that, yeah but like so I just recommend like, yes, maybe you think you're going to treat athletes or you're going to work like with children or whatever you're going to do, but just don't go shadow people that, you know, do that because then it's just going to con- continue to confirm your own bias because you haven't been exposed to anything else. Um, so I think I, what you said, yeah. like I was super lucky, but also the reason that I did PT school is because I did CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't vice versa. Like yeah, I drank the Kool-Aid yeah. and then I was exposed to this PT and then this CrossFit coach and then... I found out about Made to Move, like, through you and kind of, like, through Chris Gregory slash I don't really know how I really found out about it. And then, like, that led me to this and this. So no, I definitely just... think there was something in both of us that sought out yeah. that kind of, I say, alternative, alternative or, like, not traditional PT, yeah. whatever that means. But I think there is probably a lot of PT students that weren't exposed to that that have, like, similar maybe thoughts that I had that never get exposed to that and then end up treating the way that we don't like because they just don't know better. Because they don't, like, they didn't have the, I don't know, I say we're alphas, alpha personality to, like, go seek that out. Eve calls it swag, whatever Swag. It is, that, like, has the personality of, like, no, I want to go figure out. Skepticism. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely of. a lot easier, though, now to be exposed to these things, especially with stuff like mm-hmm. Instagram. Because, like, even, even when I was like, in- I mean, I'm a year out of school, and from my first year of PT school till now, it's so different. Like I said, I was the only one CrossFitting, yeah. and everyone was making fun mm-hmm. of me, and now, like, half of your class CrossFits or whatever. Like, You're welcome. Well, it was funny, because at first, I was, like, the first one that did it. 
And then because I was so like obnoxious and happy about it, like people were like, haha, Hannah does CrossFit. And then they were like, can I come to your gym? And then I brought this person and then this person asked me about CrossFit and like, yeah, cascading. and yeah. then like, yeah, now it's just like a lot of people in our class do CrossFit. I don't know. It's so, great. Yeah, I would just say expose yourself to as much as you can, but Instagram and stuff like that makes it easier now too. For sure. So the other kind of path that I want to take, so you didn't go to regionals because yeah. of your chiropractic exam. Yes, yes. And that was Which I got an 89 on. <laughs> hey. Oh, <laughs> okay. So obviously it wasn't just like, okay screw CrossFit because I didn't go to regionals. Yeah, yeah. But now you're kind of like, not screw CrossFit, but you've taken a very different path in yeah. your training. Yeah, 100%. So like, how do you go from, I was almost a regionals athlete and like couldn't go to regionals or that year yeah. where we, to like, I'm going to make my hands go numb and do handstands and all yeah. this. I don't know if you know, when you first start training, his hands were numb for months because yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Um, like, where was that segue of like, I no longer want to do CrossFit. I want to focus on this gymnastics training maybe yeah that's a cool way to say it um (laughs) so probably like you know i continued to train pretty like intensely as much as i could throughout school but i kind of put competing on the back burner was the goal to compete again yeah yeah like when i was done with school you know i wanted to go back to competing try to get to regionals or continue to perform well in the open as long as i could um you know and probably my first year maybe second year into practice when i started upping training again because I had a very flexible schedule and I could manipulate training kind of put it wherever I was especially because my practice were both in CrossFit gyms in Boston Um, you know I started doing the training again upping the volume and I think at that time I just really wasn't into it anymore and I just had um, created this identity for myself that I had to be a good CrossFitter or successful CrossFitter or you know like I that would ju- that was just part of my identity and i was comparing myself to other people too you know and as the sport can- yeah the, the sport had continued to evolve and grow um you know and i was trying to continue to keep up with people you know 70 pounds heavier than me um which just isn't unreal it's unrealistic and i'm comparing myself to other people and putting my self-worth or I- identity in that too so you know like hitting home right now. Uh, yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah. the CrossFitters, you um, should hear this. Mm-hmm. So, how did you change that? Um, you know, I was probably I was exposed to if you guys know who Ido Portal is. Mm-hmm. Um, I was exposed to him years ago, living in Portland, because um, I had a good friend that knew him and brought brought him into town and stayed with him. I say he's like you on steroids because he's like a much more. Uh, out there version of what you do. <laughs> what does that even mean? Like, I just, can't even comprehend. He's just weirder than me, is yes. what wow. Mesa's saying. Yes. He just does more hands. He's West, but way weirder. Okay. He could also just be foreign, maybe just the accent okay. too. Yeah. Um, but so, like, I kind of know who he was in the back of my head. Um, and this all started because I hurt my back deadlifting one time, and I was out for like two and a half weeks, couldn't move. I was on my couch, barely could even get on and off the couch. It was so bad. Um, like when I hurt my back and I was walking home from the gym, if you guys have seen the movie Up, have you guys seen the movie Up? Yeah, like Mr. Fredrickson, that old man. I literally was walking down the street and I was passed by Mr. Mr. Fredrickson's oh like gosh. lookalike on the street. What did you do to your back? So I was deadlifting and I was doing like what the equivalent of like speed pulls would be like if it was like like something like a powerlifting protocol where you pull like mm-hmm. a lo- lower percentage for f- fast reps. And, you know, I just did something where the weight just went a little too far out in front of kind of my my center, you, you know. tweaked your back. Yeah, so I literally tweaked my back. And the thing is with tweaked backs, I've dislocated my elbow. And tweaking your back is way worse in terms of pain. But no damage was done, which is mm-hmm. maybe a whole other podcast. It's also yeah. like a, there's like so many studies that like back pain increases depression more than anything oh, else. Oh, it was, it, it was terrible. Because it was, you can not use your arm. You can't not use your back. Yeah, yeah 100%. <laughs> Um, so it was just absolutely terrible. And I was, you know, I had to cancel all my patients, I think for the rest of the week. Um, it was like Wednesday, so it wasn't Monday, or something. <laughs> but I still had to cancel a few days of patients. And at the time I was seeing, you know, 70 people a week. Um, so I was like 70 people a week. Yeah. So it was a lot of like, I, I had to cancel a couple appointments. It's not like nowadays, <laughs> um, but you know, I was on the couch for a while. I could literally barely get on and off the couch. Um, my girlfriend was in Chicago at the time, and she actually flew back because I couldn't even, like, walk the dog. I had friends coming to, like, walk my oh, dog. It was terrible. It was, it was terrible, you know. And so I, I was starting to kind of 
like had like a reevaluate like what the hell am I doing why am I doing this like you know what's one thing if I'm passionate about it for myself but I wasn't you know I was concerned with what everyone else thought about me this whole like this is my identity thing so I was I was pursuing it for the the wrong reasons whereas you know if I was pursuing it 100% for myself I'd been fine with it I'd been okay to continue to do it and risk I hurting my like back I think that's like such again. an important important thing like who to are you recognize. doing it for yeah yeah I wasn't doing it for myself at all I was doing it for everybody else but myself so that's what really so you appear to yeah, appear a certain way yeah exactly 100% um, so that's when I was like what am I doing you know I like training I love pushing myself I love seeing what I'm capable of but you know I want to do it for myself um, you know and that was about the time maybe I just spent a lot of time on Facebook and YouTube those two and a half three weeks watching a lot of Ido Portal videos and I was just kind of like for, and for those of you that don't know just think like advanced gymnastics movements I was just like oh wow this looks like something that could more or less just occupy my time for a while fun. yeah like because literally like I joke about this we're just trying to figure out the best way to occupy our times until we die like <laughs> it sounds really bad wow it sounds really bad but at the end of the day that's all we're doing here um and I was just like this stuff like like one arm chin-ups for example you know, it's not like something you're going to do in a, a week, six months even. Like when I first started, I could barely hang one-handed on a bar. And I was like, there's got to be something to this. And if nothing else, this is just going to occupy my time for a while. Uh, and I'm like three and a half years into training the way I train now. And there's still a lot of stuff to be done. Oh, man. Okay, so doing like one of those things takes you like six months to a year to get good at. So like how do you... Like, stay motivated. You know, for myself, I'm not, like, it's, I'm either going to do it or I'm not, like, I'm and I'm interested in it. So it's not really a, 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 um, a thing of motivation for me, to be totally honest. I find it interesting. I kind of look, I look at it as kind of, it's a very overused term, but, like, researching, too. Like, oh, this, pr this protocol or this uh, technique or this approach worked to improve maybe my one-arm chin-up or get stronger at these handstand push-ups off the side of a box. I'm going to continue to use this for myself. Now I'm going to test this on kind of my more advanced athletes. Um, it's kind of just this like, it's not this linear progression where it's like one, two, three, or A, B, C. It's just like, it's like a carousel or I'm trying to paint a picture here. Something rotating where it's just like, it's ever-changing. There's so a many factors. <laughs> There's so many things coming into play. So it's very interesting. And if you get the skill, you'll just get more Instagram followers. More so. or less too, yeah. If nothing else, if you got the good lighting too, a good filter... Uh, you oh post God. the right time of the day with the correct hashtag. You answer the right questions yes. in the right way. 100%. So for those of you that, that don't, or for the people listening that don't kind of know what you do, how yeah, would you describe, because we say like gymnastic strength training, but they're pro that doesn't paint a really good picture of no, no. what you do for like the average person who's not seen your training. Yeah. So how would you explain, like I joke, like you just do handstands. Right. That's kind of what you do. How would you explain your training? Well, really, it just comes down to whatever people want as goals for starters or what they want as a starting point if, like, somebody's reaching out to me for help or programming. But really, it just comes down to, I would say, learning to control your body because a lot of this gymnastic stuff that I do is a great starting point to kind of doing whatever the hell you want to do, to be totally honest with you, you know, because if you can move your body or control your body through some of these ranges of motion, you know, then I go to a Muay Thai class or a Jiu-Jitsu class. I want to go surfing. I want to go rock climbing. You know, it's, I don't want to say it's easier but you know i may not have you know my body's maybe not in a straight jacket like a lot of these people bodies are that are stuck at a desk all day or maybe just lifting weights all the time and then on the flip side of that too a lot of this stuff lends itself to still maintaining a pretty good level of strength with the barbell oh my god yeah co compared to like you know some of my like some of my lifting numbers when i was lifting five six days a week it's just about where they're at now and i barely even touch a barbell I've got way more Instagram followers than I would if I was just lifting barbells. <laughs> That's barbells. a real way to see um, your progress, people. But like, I can I can do more things, and I've still maintained a pretty good level of strength. So, in like, in terms of like give and take, I was fine with some of that take to give. I don't know what it would be, but you know what I'm saying here. So, I don't think we've really talked about yet. Like, what do you do for a living? That's a good question. You've talked about kind of being a chiropractor, kind of yeah. not being. You talked about your athletes, yeah. but like, what do you do? I guess you could just say I help people. Okay, uh, Wes. Like, what do you <laughs> do? Like, give like, me. I help people and I have a lot of followers. I help people and I do like remote things. programming, treating, kind of yeah, yeah, so I, like get into it. So I, I do what probably the majority of my quote unquote job here is. I do I do remote coaching 
for people that kind of are in the same situation like me, they're burnt out. I'm going to say CrossFit, but like just burnt out from exercise in general. But most of the time it's CrossFit because the people that lend themselves to having that personality to really burn themselves in CrossFit is just that same type of personality. And it just is more brought out in CrossFit. Um, you know, so they're burnt out in CrossFit, but they enjoy pushing themselves. They enjoy, you know, pushing their limits, their boundaries, but they want to do it in a way where they can start focusing more on longevity and kind of looking at big picture goals. So the majority of my clients, you know, are previous games athletes, regional athletes, um, people that really enjoy the training process and want to look for something new to tackle, you know, for a, a lot long of them term. Have pain. Um, a lot of them have minor aches and pain, like just these random things, you know, I do take on clients too that like have shoulder pain, have lower back pain that no one can tell them what it is. They've had MRIs. They've sent, been to multiple doctors. Um, you know, I do have a decent amount of those people too. Um, the, but the majority of my people just want, you know, they want to pursue want a new form new. of training. Yeah, they want something yeah. new and exciting to kind of work towards that's going to lend itself to that longevity factor as well. Um, but yeah, good amount of pain patients too. Do you still, so you do treat patients? Yeah, I do treat patients. Um, that occupies a small percentage of my time in comparison to the virtual coaching. Um, but yeah, I do see patients and it, it probably looks more like a training session even than a treatment yeah, session. Yeah, the other day you said something along the lines of like, instead of treating patients, you help people train around pain. Is that yeah, what you, I and I kind of like that because I feel like that's maybe similar to what the way I approach patients yeah. is like, I always say, I think probably over 90% is just people are weak and just if they get stronger yeah. in a certain area, they'll feel better. Like most of my treatments aren't like pain management. It's yeah. just it's just strength work in a certain capacity. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's like where we miss the ball a lot with treating patients is like everyone should just be training around pain until they can make until you don't go have away. the pain like, and you can just train. Yeah. And like a lot of my, my pain clients that I work with, like virtual coaching too, um, they're still doing the same I'm still giving them the same gymnastics strength training stuff that like you know someone that wants a one arm chin up or a handstand is getting maybe um, to a different degree. yeah regressed down because at the end of the day too it kind of comes back to that constantly varied thing like 99% of all stuff we do in the gym scapular retracted anterior pelvic tilt you know it's the same pattern over and over and over again and even if we're doing it correctly there's a good chance we're just going to overuse that pattern because we're not constantly varying it and we're going to have pain and that's when you get these people that are like, I have the shoulder pain. It feels off. It feels weak. It clicks. It hurts. Nobody can figure out what it is. I've had an MRI. I've had all these tests. You know, so it's just like you've done scapular retraction for 10 years. Gymnastics is maybe more scapular, scapular protraction. You've, you've done scapular retraction for like 10 years. A lot of these gymnastics movements focus more on scapular protraction. Let's do that for a while. And miraculously, most of the time they start feeling better. Um, and really it's just a matter of, you know, when they come to me at first, I just ask all the questions that I know from school. So I did get something out of school, you know, right, making sure, you know, know, you know, I, I read the MRIs, you know, I ask the right questions. Yeah. You rule and, everything out. Yeah. And then after that, I, if they tell me it hurts, I don't listen to them and I just continue to do what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Is that the best way to phrase that? I'm not sure. <laughs> it's blessed. That's, that's how it is. Um, should we do a spitfire? Oh yeah. I completely forgot Let's about do that. It. So, some of these are workout related, so you just gotta run with it. Okay, I'll do my I best. I think we here. already know. Wes doesn't work out. Yeah, I don't. Wes works out like 24 7, but it just doesn't look like it. It just doesn't, out. yeah. He's like, it just looks different. Yeah. But it different. is very much working out. If you're curious about Wes's workouts, you should just check out his Instagram. Yeah, what's your Instagram like name, tricks. by the way? Isn't uh, it just. At Dr. Wes Hendricks. We'll, we'll, we'll tag you at the end. Don't yeah, worry. for sure. Oh, Sorry, right. I'm Hannah. All right. Spitfire. All right, ready? So it has to be fast, okay? What's, what's my time limit here? Just the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. okay. Favorite breakfast? Oh, um, my God. Come on. Well, I just literally told you yesterday I don't eat breakfast. You uh, don't eat breakfast? Yeah, I don't eat till one. So I guess I it's thought like you were being. I thought you were being sarcastic. No, I'm being serious. Favorite food? Favorite food? Lately, it's been these heart, liver, and kidney burgers I've been eating. They're delicious. I don't know how to respond. I'm weird. Okay, favorite movement? Favorite movement? Probably handstand push-ups. <laughs> yeah, duh. Favorite workout? <laughs> <laughs> like named workout yeah, in CrossFit? Yeah, let's do a wad. Okay, a wad. Uh, Which one has the best handstand push-ups? Oh, Diane. Oh, does it have to be a named one? No, I, just, uh, just seven, gonna... seven minutes of burpees. Oh, okay. Oh, yes. Least favorite movement. <laughs> Least favorite movement. Uh, lunges. Least favorite workout. <sighs> Probably Murph. Mm. Favorite song or music to work out to? 
uh, so, 90s hip hop. Or silence. Yes, that's Goal too. for 2019. One arm chin up. Embarrassing moment in the gym. Oh, do I have? Uh, you just like fall on your head, right? Um, um, <laughs> do you get embarrassed? Not you, really. No, I really don't care. Do you feel <laughs> so, pain? Do you have feelings? <laughs> no, I'm um, sorry. First CrossFit workout. Um, first CrossFit workout, uh, Helen. Oh, that's what one is of my Helen favorites. again? Three rounds, full meter run, 21 kettle swings, 12 pull-ups. Yes. Okay, wait, you don't eat until one? You were serious. Yeah. I thought we were like kind of being sarcastic about this She's whole She's like circling back to this Yeah, because I just can't imagine. So why? Why do you do that? I just don't you know, get hungry now until one. It's great. It's like time being. What this do you eat at one? Those heart, liver, and kidney burgers. Why did I you get you so into these organ things? That's a whole. That's like a whole other. Hold up. Do, do we want to touch upon it? Real we quick? have like five minutes, so I don't know if we can really go into it. I think like the best way to simplify it is like no different than movement. We're talking about doing the same thing over and over again. How good is that for you? Food. What do we eat all the time? Chicken, beef, uh, pork. We eat the same cuts over and over again. You know, beef. It's going to be steak or ground. There's a lot more to the animal than just that that you can get a lot of nutrients out of. So, you know, the organs, the bone marrow, broth, um, we could leave it at that. Is All it right. good? Uh, you got to be a good cook. So <laughs> would you consider yourself good a good cook? Yes. Yeah, I was expecting to come over and have like a full spread. Like a, like a buffet? Style. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't eat, I didn't eat. I'm just kidding. Plus, <laughs> it's too for buffets, don't you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I know. Okay, so some serious yeah. questions okay. to end on. Um, how has CrossFit impacted your life? Um, you know, I think it was the starting point to everything I've done ever since then. If I didn't do CrossFit, I probably wouldn't be doing handstands right now where I'm at. Um, because, you know, CrossFit, like, you know, spawns all these different Olympic lifting, powerlifting, gymnastics, mobility. It all started from that and all the different components that come from it and the specializations of it. So if I would never found CrossFit, whew, I don't know what I'd be doing today. <laughs> so... You said you work with a lot of competitive athletes or like kind of ex-competitive yeah. athletes. So you obviously were competitive. You're not against people yeah. being competitive athletes. So if you had to give kind of one piece of advice to someone who's on any level trying yeah. to like locally compete, be go to the CrossFit Games, like be kind of a higher level athlete and what yeah. they're doing, what would your advice be? Um, slow things down and focus more on what the hell you're actually doing. Um, most people's bodies, you know, even if they're doing something quote unquote well based upon their score their numbers or their time there's still probably a lot of things that they can improve on in terms of their movement most people's bodies are like those things at the car dealership where it's just flailing in the wind oh my god those little like yeah 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 yeah. like most people like really have no idea what the hell is going on um you know slow it down be a little more aware of your body don't always be so concerned about the time or the weight on the bar yeah um you know i would say that so what do you think about when, like, say I were to, like, hit a lift, I'm like, well, that was a PR, but it was super ugly. You know, but I'm like, well, it was a PR, but it was super ugly, and I was one of those green inflatable things. Yeah, I'm okay with it. There's nothing wrong with that. Per se. Like, but then when you do that over and over again, and then you go through a whole workout, and you're like, yeah. well, that was my best time. Yeah, you, you but, do. like, what the heck were you doing? Yeah, but also, like, that was your PR, you know. If you don't do it again for another six months, sure. But if you're going to be chasing PRs every single day, once a week, you know, with that shitty floppy technique in the air, then I have a problem floppy with that. Floppy technique. Um, but, you know, you decide to go ham after, like, doing a lifting phase. That's fine. Okay, if you had to. So we usually say the CrossFit community, but I think you're kind of pretty involved in the CrossFit community yeah. slash the community you're in with the type of training you do. Yeah. If you had to describe your community in three words... Three words. Wow. Weird. Um, I know. I said the same thing to myself. <laughs> Two more. Um, different, but different is the same as weird. Is, is it, it though? Is it? We'll say different then. Um, weird, different, unique. unique. I was going to go with unique. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Why do you say that? Those three? Mm-hmm. Because literally what I do within my community, even CrossFit for the most part, it's weird, different, and unique. While CrossFit has become more popular still and more mainstream, we are the minority. it's still a very small percentage. So it's still very weird, unique, and different compared to what people have been doing in gyms for the last 25 to 30 years. Um, and then what I'm doing is just we'll add whatever the correct English grammar would be, weirder, uniqueer, <laughs> different-er. <laughs> like, that's grammar how is not Wes's no. forte. Um, <laughs> so, tell our, oh, 
What advice would you give to like PT students, chiropractor students, just like students that are going into a healthcare profession? Keep an open mind. Don't think you're going to like, don't think this is what you're going to do. Practice this way. Because if I would have done that, I'd be working way too, like I would. Wait, what would you be doing? Yeah. Like eight hour days, six days a week, saying hundred patients a week. Like, <sighs> and the whole reason why I wanted to be a chiropractor in the first place, because I didn't want to have like a normal desk job. And then that would have just been even the, worse. The man, maybe. the manual version of a desk job. I don't know. Do you ever wish you could go back and change anything about like where, like what you went to school for, like anything that you did? I think maybe if I could go back, I'd appreciate. But this would just be like a critique on school in general. I would try to like actually learn for the sake of learning, as opposed to learning to take a test, because I feel like I would have gotten so much more out of it if I could have just relaxed, hung out, chilled, not been so stressed about everything. Um, I think I could have gotten more out of it, especially in some of my more basic science classes. Um, but other than that, I wouldn't change a thing. I'd go to chiropractic school again if I had a choice. I'd pursue the same path, the same everything, because I'm pretty happy where I'm at Yeah, right it got now. you to where you are today. Yeah, exactly. So tell our followers where we can find you. Um, probably the best place would be Instagram, at Dr. Wes Hendricks. Do you have any? What's your website? Uh, re- the, I've got a couple, but I'll go with the rebuildbrandco.com. Oh, you can find me and Mesa on that website. Yep. Yeah, oh, too. Sure. Model Models. patients. Yes, fan <laughs> many, the cutest doll. Oh, yeah, for sure. He All has right. his own profile. If you're listening, make sure to give us a five-star rating and review us on whatever podcast thing that you listen to. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in the next box.